Friday morning, August 19th, and it's 7 a.m., which means you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, happy to be with you for the hour. It is Roadmap Roundup Friday, and, uh, you know, it's also the first day I had to drive my kids somewhere to get them to, I guess, my in-law's house. That's where I take them. I'm a little frazzled this morning. Had to take them to my in-law's house this morning so they can feed them breakfast and take them to school because school is back in session. Let's pray this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O most blessed Mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever listening, caring, consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your Son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Corey Grizzle is with us in studio this morning. Good morning. Corey, good to see you. And Tim Lucchese, it's been a while, but we're glad to have you back. Well, that's because I spell morning with a U because I'm sad to get out of bed. Yeah, so. you are. Yeah. Well, you, to, to be fair, you've got a baby that likes to be up all night, and so this is about when you're going to bed some morning. That's true, and I have a wife who works night shift, so yeah. I, I actually sleep less than she does because I'm up with the baby all night, and then she comes home and goes to bed, and then I... Caffeinate up. I mean, that, what are you going to do? Now, I've got some thoughts on that, but I'm going to save those for the uh, break. I'll tell you about those a little recording we did yesterday. Um, but we have plenty of coffee here this morning for the Roadmap Roundup. I hope that wherever you are, if you're a coffee drinker, you've got your mug in hand, ready to go. If not, we'll pray for you as well. Um, you know, And, and that and the coffee may be strong. <laughs> oh, there's coffee out there. All right, so yesterday um, I'm at my friend's house getting my allergy shots, as I do once a month. And I had one of those Genesis in the garden moments. Actually, I didn't have it. I witnessed it. Their son's back in school, and he was supposed to be home doing his calculus, senior in high school. And they had a sneaking suspicion he was still at the school playing video games with the eSports club. And I was there when his mother called him and said, where are you? Knowing full where where he was, full well oh, where yeah. he was. You know, her phone told him exact, told her yep. exactly where he was, and he's like, um, uh, uh, and it was one of those. This is exactly. This has got to be the modern day equivalent of Adam. Where are you? I hid myself, for I was naked and afraid. <laughs> I, I didn't answer my phone because I was playing video games when I should have been doing calculus. Knew he was busted. And so, I'm on my way. I'm walking to my car right now. <laughs> walking to your car, getting out of your chair. You know, but that's that's uh, life sometimes, and we have to find the humor in it so that we can have the joy and realize how many times we've done that with God or with our parents or... You know, maybe we'll be in that role someday. Corey, you've probably done that one or two times. I've started times. to do that now as the kids get 
bit older. We've got a lot we're going to talk about on our kind of back-to-school-themed roadmap roundup this morning. Um, but I really kind of want to know what the weather's going to be this weekend because I got some plans, and I didn't pay attention to the weather yesterday. So we need to play the weather today. Let's go to Mike Roberts now. Today is the feast day of St. John Eudes. Born in Normandy in 1601, John was one of seven children and his parents were farmers. In his mid-teens, he took a vow of chastity. In his early 20s, he made the decision to join the Oratorians, and by the time he was in his mid-20s, he was a priest. In 1627 and again in 1631, France was hit by plagues. Fearless in his devotion to the sick, John was also determined not to spread the plague himself. And so each night he slept in a cask in the middle of an empty field. In his early 30s, John became a parish missionary. Extremely gifted as a preacher and confessor, he gave over 100 parish missions. But he knew the key to evangelization was more good priests. So he dedicated himself to recruiting more seminarians. He formed the Congregation of Jesus and Mary, the Eudists, with the goal of developing a strong, vibrant, and large clergy through diocesan seminaries. It was an idea, not without opposition. He had trouble getting permission from Rome before Pope Clement X finally gave approval for six confraternities and seminaries. He also formed the Congregation of Our Lady of Refuge to provide shelter for prostitutes trying to escape that way of life. John also had a great devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He wrote extensively about Jesus as the source for holiness and Mary as the model for Christian life. He died on this day in 1680, and in 1903, Pope Leo XIII made St. John Eudes the author of liturgical worship for the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Holy Heart of Mary. St. John Eudes, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. I don't know if Max is listening this morning on the uh, Alexa. You guys listen on Alexa. Often, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, Max, if you're listening, I just want to say belated happy birthday. Um, I didn't know, and now I feel bad. But happy birthday to you, and uh, celebrate hearty with your mom and dad and your sisters today. And spend the third day in a row dressed up like an astronaut all day. All day. That's, <laughs> hey, that's life when you're a kid. All right, so it's it's back to school week for a lot of people. And then for a lot of people, it's not. I found out that, you know, some people aren't going back to school yet, which kind of, I feel like the kids went back earlier. And at first I was really bothered by that, but then I was like, the kids are going back to school Yes. Um, but it's got me thinking about those routines. You know, this morning was another one. Our, our avid listeners know. Oh, great. Adam's about to talk about the backpack routine again. And sure enough, you know, last night I had the kids put all of their backpacks on the couch. I had them put all of their shoes on the couch. You know what I forgot? Lunchboxes. You know why we were late getting out the door today? Lunchboxes. I've said it before. Routine, routine, routine. Routine, And it's not just for those of you in school or with school-aged children. It's for everybody. Discipline and consistency builds good habits. And so routine is important. So, you know, rather than talking about the school days, because, Tim, none of your kids are 
you, Evelyn's homeschooled. Yes. But you don't, if you're late to school, it's you're late from walking from one room to the other, Absolutely. Right? <laughs> and you're actually never late. Yeah. You're just starting later. And Corey, your kids, you're, an, you're a pro at this mm, by this sure. point. <laughs> but what about in your life? You know, and if, if, if life is the school, the school of life or the game of life, I don't know, what's your routine? You know, how, how do you keep yourself anchored so you don't panic with the uh, lost proverbial lunchbox? <laughs> I um, I am not the greatest routine. I'm not the greatest at discipline, but I do know that when I need to be anchored, I do take take a moment and I sit and I wait. And actually, my, my biggest routine lately is no matter when I wake up, because I'm not an early riser. In fact, my alarm went off as I'm sitting at this desk because it takes me 35 minutes to get here. So, and I don't usually wake up until seven o'clock. So, and I have a pretty quiet house because I have older children that they don't wake up to four seven usually. And so I can sit with my coffee in my chair in the morning and pick a book that's on the side and, and do a little meditation or just find a podcast that I like that I listen to that's meditation. Um, and just start the day, really. Um, and so to be able to anchor myself and to ground myself that way. If I don't get that, I do make sure that I spend that a few minutes just to make sure that I don't go crazy during the day. So, And when I feel that crazy, then I know that I have to do that. Do you have, you know, one of the things I think about with routines sometimes are the go-tos. When I feel myself starting to get distracted, you know, sometimes I will put my headphones on mm-hmm. and put some just instrumental music on that I don't like actually um, because then I don't listen to it and but I block out the rest of the office and I try to focus on my work Uh, and sometimes with prayer it's okay I'm hitting a block I go over and I I literally get up from my desk and go to maybe a different desk maybe a different chair and I stop and I say all right I'm going to take five minutes to just pray Mm-hmm. And it might be to pray the memorari and some other prayers. It might be to sit with a piece of scripture. It could be any number of things. Do you have anything like that as you go throughout the day? Well, um, yes, that you sit. And so I have a podcast that I love. It's called Pray As You Go. And um, it is five to eight minutes. It has a wonderful song at the beginning of it. It reads the scripture of the day from the mass. Then it has a little meditation and then it reads the scripture again so that you can really and it asks you some kind of what are you going to do today to do this point about this scripture today. And so if I need to totally be undistracted and do that, I mean, it it seems like a long time because I always have so much on my to do list, but it also is five minutes, five to seven minutes that you just sit there and Usually the kids know when they walk in the room and they see me listening to that or they hear it around the corner, they don't bother me. <laughs> you know, the four-year-old will come in and go, really? <laughs> and, then, and then walk out because he needs cereal, but he knows he's got a brother to <laughs> figure that out. Mom's so, praying. Mom's don't praying, go in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's definitely a few go-to things that, that I pull out of my pocket and go, okay, yeah, this is what I need to do today. All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a, a break here on... Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to keep talking about this idea of the school of life and routine and some other things. When we come back, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. A prayer to redeem lost time by St. Teresa of Avila. Oh my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace. 
both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. We are back. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup this Friday morning here on Covenant Network. And, uh, Corey, I think by virtue of the fact that you answered the first question this morning, we're going to put Tim on the hot seat Thank now you. as oh, we, here we go. give the good old wheel of fun a spin. You got lights on it now, oh, yeah, too. We got, That's we got, really cool. We got a fancy wheel of fun. We're playing for a book today. I haven't decided which one because I haven't walked to the bookshelf. Tim, the uh, first question for you this morning is going to come from our Bible trivia. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, uh, let's see. I'm feeling generous this morning, so I'll give you an easy one here. Oh, okay. Uh, where did Adam <laughs> and Eve first live? Was it A, the Garden of Gethsemane, B, the Olive Garden, C, the Garden of Eden, or D, the Garden of the Gods? Well, that would have to be the Garden of Eden. That is correct. You get that correct. One point for Tim. Corey, the next uh-huh. time we spin, that will be for you. And, <laughs> I hope uh, I get as easy a question. I was thinking there was like some kind of trick question in there. I put those answers in there because uh, Beth and I went to Colorado and we brought pictures back of the Garden of the Gods and like, is that where Adam and Eve lived? (laughs) Nope, nope, that's Colorado. They lived in the... uh, Mediterranean or the what are they called? Mesopotamia mm-hmm. yeah. somewhere near there wait I, so you, you said Garden of the Gods which is in Colorado yeah and you said Gethsemane which was Gethsemane and which is where Jesus had the uh, agony sure in the sure and what was the other one? Olive Garden Olive Garden yeah okay which could be well I'm not it's, gonna say I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> you know you're I, I I will say this I love when there's pasta night at the Lucchese's house there we go. so Tim we're talking about routine and I, you mentioned at the top of the show that uh your wife works nights you have little kids. You're kind of beholden to their schedule, and you're you're the guy holding it all together some oh, days. Yep, so barely. How sure. do you, you know, what, what would you tell to our listeners who are out there saying, I need a routine because I feel like I'm getting pulled in 8 million directions? Well, the, the thing that I've learned over whatever amount of time is that I have to pay close attention to what my routine is and what's I, don't, I want to use the term attacking it, but that's probably too aggressive because you sit there and go, oh, okay, well, my routine is every day at 7 a.m. I'm going to do X. Every day at 8 a.m. I'm going to do Y. But then all of a sudden for three, four, five days, X isn't working at 7 a.m. and you get discouraged or you sit there and you just stop doing X entirely. So I found that a real awareness of what is my schedule and what is my routine and how is it working and how is it not? And then adapting quickly before I fall out of a really good habit or before I fall into a really bad habit. So just that that awareness of whatever my routine is at any given time, because I got a I think about back to the the late 90s when we still had the Rams and we had Marshall Falk and he would uh, he would just quickly change directions like gravity didn't mean anything. And boy, that's a reference. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's like that. That's the image I have in my head of, oh, wow. OK, something happened. Oh, baby didn't sleep very well. Oh, OK. Now this changed. Now that changed. Oh, my wife got called in for on call. And to just constantly have to be like, well, that's not working today. So I got to shift it to make sure that the routine doesn't completely fall apart and if something isn't working long term to say oh i can't do this at that time anymore but it's a priority so when am i making it a priority so just that constant awareness what's the routine and what's coming to get it kind of thing yeah i i feel like 
the days that I need to pray the rosary the most are the days where it's the hardest oh, yeah. to say, okay, stop and pray the rosary. Absolutely. Know, absolutely 100%. In fact, Beth and I have been working on a project related to the rosary, and ever since we decided to commit to it, I don't know if it's, you know, spiritual battle or what, but it just seems like ever since we said we're going to commit to this rosary project, there is obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And that is why I'm so grateful for my routine. And I would encourage you listening right now, do you have a discipline? Do you have a prayer discipline? I used to just wander in the breeze, blowing around aimlessly. It's like, well, maybe I'll pray this today. Maybe I'll pray that today. And, uh, you know, discipline has been the key for me since I started getting disciplined. And it's simple things, morning offering, daily rosary, midday examine, taking some time for quiet meditation, even if it's just five minutes, like Corey said earlier, has been the key to lowering my blood pressure, (laughs) calming down, being more charitable with my wife and children, and getting things done that need to be done. So I would encourage you. If you don't have a routine, pick something. Pick one thing this next week that you are now going to do every day. And then in a week's time, as Tim just said, evaluate it. And if you need to make a change, make a change. And if you don't need to make a change, pick another thing and add that to it. And then go from there and keep building. And if you do one thing at a time, you're going to build up to something good. Now, It's Covenant Network. It's Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. You know I'm going to say this. If you're not praying the daily rosary, make that your goal to pray the daily rosary. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Active Consecration to St. Joseph. O dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you, that you may always be my father, my protector, and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God, in union with the divine heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. All right, Corey, I, you, you asked for an easy one, but it's at the, oh, no. the hands of the wheel here. <laughs> not, not really. I, I mean, get, you I, I'm could in control choose an of the easy wheel. one from yeah. The, yeah, you could stop it at any time. The wheel has no control. Oh, you lucked out. You got, you got extra, extra grace. grace. You don't even have to answer a question. Corey gets a get point. A point. Ah. We're tied. Just, just for the wheel spinning, it is now 1-1 one, one, Corey you know Grizzle fair. versus Tim, <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim Lucchese. Now, Corey, uh, you said something during the break that I want to come back to here because we're talking about discipline. So if you're just joining us this morning, we're talking about the kids are back to school. Um, a lot of families are getting back into that routine, that daily habit. And what does that look like? Now, it's very easy to say when you have a daily discipline, it means that you get up at this time every day, that you pray this prayer at this time every day, that you eat the same breakfast at this same time every day, and so on and so on and so on. And for some people, that is exactly what it is, and that is exactly what it needs to be. Other people, different personality types, you might struggle with that. You, you might say, Adam, I, I can't commit to praying at 7 a.m. every day because some days I don't even get up till 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And if that's you, you're probably not even hearing me say that because it's <laughs> 725 right now, you know. Um, but, Corey, you brought up an important part that, you know, maybe our disciplines aren't necessarily tied to the clock and, and that part of the schedule, mm-hmm. but to the rhythm right. of the day. What do you mean by right. that? So I struggled a lot. I mean, I have 10 children, and um, when I had just all little kids, I mean, there's just constant chaos in the house. And so, but there were things I needed to get done every day. And, you know, one of them being dinner by the time, you know, people got home. And and so um, I would, I, I mean, asking my children, I had lists upon lists upon lists, and I had schedules, and I had all sorts of things. I would sit down and write a list one time. I, I wrote a list of all the things I need, I wanted and needed to do throughout the day. And I put a time about how long is this going to take me each time. And I added that up and it was like 26 hours. And I could not, you know, like, I have to sleep in there somewhere. <laughs> I do that. So really the routine of it is to be able to pick those things that are that you have to do every day. Because you know that you're going to get bombarded by the little kids and their little things and the teenagers and their things. I mean, I couldn't potty train my my smallest child as well as I could the oldest one because as soon as I sat down and go okay we're going to do this today then a kid you know a teenager comes in and says mom you have to take me somewhere so you know to be bombarded and be discouraged by that I had to realize look there's a rhythm to my day and even though I may not get up at the same time every morning I'm going to start every morning with morning offering before I get out of bed I'm going to make my bed it's the little things and then and then it's just I have to get school done with the older or with the middle three kids and we have to read two hours together and that's just it's going to get done. So we're going to start here. We're going to finish here. We're going to. So it just I I live my life now by just a to do list and not more of a schedule because um, even though I hate schedules, I know that I need them. So so I really have to adjust my life. Um, I do. I I did before where I would. look at my week and put all of my tasks on sticky notes so that I could take those sticky notes and move them throughout the day and go, oh, that didn't work today. And I don't erase them and I don't have to cross them out and I have to start all over. I just take sticky note. I just put it somewhere else. I'm like, that has to get done. And they're color coded. So these are the things that has to get done. These are the things I can put off till next week. These are the things that actually, you know, they're fun stuff that don't need to be done. So there's a lot of ways to do that. I, I love the, the the sticky note thing. I I love tangible, physical things because they get in your way mm-hmm. and they're they're present and you can't miss them. I keep a little laminated card, a prayer card of St. Joseph, boom, just I make my bed every morning right on my pillow. So then as I'm getting ready to go to bed, well, it's in my way. So I pick <laughs> it up and I just in my head, just real quick, God, help me to be a better husband and father than I t- tomorrow. Help me to be better tomorrow than I was today. Boom, put it on my my nightstand, and there's my prayer. But if I go to bed really late or if I go to bed really early, <laughs> um, <laughs> but whenever I go to bed, it's there, and it's it's in my way, and I can't avoid it. So I, I enjoy those physical reminders. I, I like them as well. Uh, my problem with sticky notes, and I, and I should do this more, I put the reminders on my phone because sticky notes will just be like, well, I'll save that for Saturday. And then it's Saturday, I have a lot of sticky notes. Now, some right? people, that works. If, that's, if that works for you, then run with it. Put everything on there. Morning offering. Yeah. Rip the sticky note off. Maybe put them out the night before you go to bed. You know, what are all your sticky notes for tomorrow? Me, I put those things on my phone because I cannot stand having notifications on my phone. I cannot stand that little red circle with the white number. I got to clear mm-hmm. it all. The voicemails have to be cleared. The text messages have to be cleared. So anything really important, don't forget, you know, like tomorrow especially, 
you're, you have meetings, pray your rosary at this time, boom, that goes in the reminder, and it's like, oh, i got to clear yeah. that. Sometimes I end up praying my rosary a little earlier because I want to get that little red circle out of there. <laughs> you know, but I yeah. get to those important things first. Those, and those sticky notes are more for you to realize, like, for a week, I'm going to figure out, on Mondays we actually have to do these things when I thought that I had to do something else, and you move those around. And so eventually those sticky notes actually become laminated. Like eventually yeah. you get to that point and go, okay, here's the rhythm of my life that I didn't realize when I was writing on a desk, the, my my schedule. So, yeah, eventually they, they do get – you can't put them all on Saturday all the time. <laughs> you got to get those done on Tuesday some weeks. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, eventually that's going to be something that's that's kind of solid and set. I think I know what I'm you know every now and then we come up with promotional materials cuz we're we're a radio station we give them away. I need I need to get roadmap to heaven sticky notes that I can <laughs> build your daily discipline one sticky note at a time. In in the absence of that friends you're going to have to go to the office supply store and get your own sticky notes right. because we don't we don't have those yet. Um, what we do have is a break coming up for you here when we come back from the break we're going to be joined by Doug Barry to wrap up our two weeks on spiritual warfare, we've been giving you some great disciplines to incorporate into your routine or your rhythm every day. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm sad to wrap it up. I'm excited to have another day of it. So stay tuned. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. O Mother of Perpetual Help, grant that I may ever invoke thy most powerful name, which is the safeguard of the living and the salvation of the dying. O purest Mary, O sweetest Mary, let thy name henceforth be ever on my lips. Delay not, O blessed lady, to help me whenever I call on thee, for in all my needs, in all my temptations, I shall never cease to call on thee, ever repeating thy sacred name, Mary, Mary. Well, yesterday when we left off with Doug Berry, I told you today we're going to get to the greatest gift that we could receive in this spiritual battle that we are in in life. And it's the sacraments. We talked about one of them yesterday, confession. You know, Doug, you're married. I'm married. In that sacrament of marriage, we receive graces to help us in this battle. Our priests in the sacrament of holy orders receive graces to help them in this battle. But in the greatest of all the sacraments, the Holy Eucharist, there's such incredible grace. I, I think of it this way, Doug. I need to go to confession regularly, but how demoralizing would that be if God said, yeah, you just have to come in here. Every time you screw up, come in here. I'm not going to do anything else to help you, but I'll let you come in and apologize every time you screw up. He didn't leave it at that. He gave us himself. Yeah, the term is the source and summit. You know, St. Padre Pio would talk about the world could live better without the sun than without the Eucharist. Now, that's not just some poetic phrase. This is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Almighty God. This is the author of the universe, the creator of all, the sustainer of everything in existence. You know, just recently, my son showed me an image of the James Webb satellite, pictures of the, of the universe. And you look at the vastness of the universe, and you think this is just a glimpse that man can ascertain of the power of God. This is phenomenal, and yet the Eucharist supersedes all of it because it actually is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Almighty God. And the humility with which we have been given this gift that God gives us in, in His humility to give us in this form to taste, look, feel like bread or wine, and yet be 100% Him is a mystery that words just can't even 
we just can't even describe it. There are no words for this. It is off the charts, indescribable. That being said, the spiritual connection that we can have with God through the Eucharist is also off the charts, and there are no words for it. And the fact that he wants that relationship with everybody through the Eucharist, not just Catholics, he would like non-Catholics to become Catholic and embrace in the Eucharist. Obviously, you've got to be Catholic to receive Holy Communion. But what we're saying is, this isn't just a select group of people. The Eucharist is for the world. I mean, that there would be one church, one flock, and so forth. This is the most amazing, sublime, profound, whatever word you want to use that say, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. And oftentimes, we take it for granted, we don't prepare well, and we don't even think about some of these things. And that's why I'm glad we're having a chance to talk about it. Yeah, you know, I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't put this warning out there, you know, because we don't want to uh, underemphasize the the severe danger to your soul if you receive Holy Communion knowingly outside of a state of grace. And to be in a state of mortal sin, you, you have to know that you're committing a mortal sin. So you're going to know. You can't, well, I didn't know I was in a state of mortal sin. You, you're going to know. And to say it's no big deal, I'll just get to confession when I go on retreat later this year, but Jesus would want me to receive him. Well, he does want you to receive him, but he wants you to be worthily prepared, and he gives you the tools to do it. Doug, I was talking with a priest once, and he said that during the reign of terror, there was a Catholic who said, you know, I just keep feeling drawn back to the Eucharist, and how do I rid myself of this? And he was told, go make you know, go commit mortal sin and then go receive unworthy Holy Communion. And after a couple of weeks, that desire will fade. You won't want to receive our Lord anymore. And he wrote a letter back and said, you're right. It worked. I mean, it's a big danger. It is. And really, I mean, Adam, I don't know how we word it. How do we say this clearly enough that when Padre Pio says that the world could live better without the Son than without the Eucharist, if that is true, I mean, the miracles of the Eucharist alone are just the phenomenon is, is, is incredible to behold, to consider, and people should look those up and, and study that a bit. But the spiritual changes that can happen with worthy reception of Holy Communion, it can change entire communities, parishes, all the society could be changed by it. We cannot emphasize enough the importance of this. If the Eucharist comes to us through the death and resurrection of Christ, if it comes to us through that Last Supper, that Jesus gave the Eucharist to us for the first time. If this is so incredible that, that God himself does this this way, we need to seriously consider this constantly, regularly, every single Mass, we should be thinking about this, pondering it, praying about it, contemplating it, and letting it change us so that we conform, okay? God changes us so that we conform to Christ. This is, again, one of these topics that there are not enough words, there are no really uh, accurate words to describe the mystery of this. There are some things that are just beyond our capacity. This is definitely the number one thing that is. Well, let's wrap it up like this, Doug, because we could go on for hours and hours about the great gift of the sacraments in the Eucharist. You know, you talked when we first started talking about spiritual warfare and, and how we recognize the realities. You used the image of a dog on a chain. And you knew that if you stayed outside of the radius of that chain, you'd be okay. The dog couldn't get you. Right. Well, you know, I, I think it was Father Heilman that said it, that if we draw so close to God, you know, the closer we draw to him, the, the harder it is for the enemy to get us. And how much closer could we be than such an intimate union of receiving him in our bodies? Exactly. Absolutely perfect. All right. I agree. 
Well, we're going to end there, friends. It's been a great two weeks with Doug Berry talking about spiritual warfare and the tools that we have to use. If you like this, I would remind you again, go to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. After the show, we put it up there. Share it with friends. Share it with whoever needs to hear this. And until next time, Doug Berry, it's always a treat to be with you. Thanks, Adam. I really appreciate being with you. A prayer for priests. Oh, my God, help those priests who are faithful to remain faithful. To those who are falling, stretch forth your divine hand, that they may grasp it as their support. In the great ocean of your mercy, lift those poor unfortunate ones who have fallen, that being engulfed therein, they may receive the grace to return to your great loving heart. Amen. Precious blood of Jesus, protect them. All right, it's tied 1-1 between Tim Lucchese and Corey Grizzle here on the Roadmap Roundup this morning. Let's give the wheel a spin. Oh, boy, here we go. Before we get back to uh, more great conversation here. All right, uh, Tim, you get a catequiz one here. Um, (laughs) Which of the following sacraments can be received more than once? Holy orders, baptism, anointing of the sick, or confirmation that would be anointing of the sick that is correct it's, it's kind of a gotcha question because people say well what about you're ordained a deacon then a priest and maybe even a bishop and it's, you get holy orders once yeah but you get different degrees of it as you you know progress up i hadn't even thought about that the, the yeah story. i hadn't thought about that question yeah. that's right. the confusing part in my Cor- Corey, we got to give you <laughs> a chance to come back here we got to give you a chance we're playing okay. by the way for a copy of ann Catherine no you get bible trivia <laughs> here all right the pentateuch pentateuch mm-hmm. consists of how many books mm-hmm. of the bible is it three, five, seven, or nine? Pentateuch. That is five. That is correct. All right. <laughs> now for this last question, I'm going to give the wheel a spin. It has to live on Cataquiz or Bible trivia, and the first one of you to answer it wins. Ooh. So <laughs> that's how we're going to go we here. We have a buzzer, though. Buzzer. I would say that's how we roll, but we're not rolling unless this thing breaks. Oh, no, nobody loses a point for penance. <laughs> um, Are we tied? We're still you're tied. You're tied 2-2. Two, two. All right. All right, it's a catechist oh. question for our tiebreaker. Do we have to wait for the At our baptism. Answer? No, just shout it out as soon as you know it. <laughs> At our baptism, we are given a share in Christ's threefold mission or offices. Which of the following is not one of the three offices? Yeah. Teacher, prophet, king, Teacher. priest. No, Tim Lucchese oh, for, for the win there. We definitely would have to think about that one for a minute. <laughs> All right, well, Tim, I want to congratulate you. You like are our Cataquist champion this morning, and you're going to win a copy of Anne Catherine Emmerich's Mysteries of the Rosary. Excellent. Um, Gregory's birthday is tomorrow. I've been told Gregory's listening right it now. Is. And, Gregory, I'm just going to say this. You're turning 23. You're at that age where you know what your mother went through to birth you. You better do something really nice for her tomorrow. We went over it last and, night. And, and celebrate it yourself. Happy birthday to you, and I hope you get a nice present and have a wonderful day. But make sure you do something for your mother tomorrow <laughs> as well, because she did the hard work that day. She did the hard He's work. He's going to regret telling yeah, you A birthday is really an opportunity to say thank you. That's what That's it right. is. That's right. It is. It is. Well, I want to wrap up. Uh, we are quickly running out of time here, and I want to go to one particular place the School of the Eucharist for just a brief moment. We've been talking about daily routine uh, as we use the analogy of going back to school, but really I I think back to this Father Stan Fortuna 
song that I used to hear at the school where I sit even just a little bit, I get hit with the power that made the veil and the temple split. It rhymes a lot more. I'll spare you that. <laughs> but the, the reality is when we spend time in the Adoration Chapel with our Lord, we really are in the school of his presence and he is pouring out grace on us. Um, but like most of us, when I go to school, I'm distracted by the clock or the other people or what's going on outside the window. Tim Lucchese, how do you focus when you go to the Adoration Chapel? Well, I, honestly, in, in recent years, I don't. Which, okay, there you, know, you go. Corey Griswold. <laughs> no, yeah. because every time we've gone to adoration, every time I've gone, except maybe once in the last few years, I've brought my kids. Mm. So, you know, I, I'm i incredibly distracted. It's got to point out things to them. They ask questions, bathroom breaks every five seconds, like all that sort of stuff. But it's really also an opportunity. I sit there and go, okay, how... You know, Keep going. Yeah, I can, uh, I can totally approach this with... Uh, I get to focus on Jesus is right in front of me and I get to see it through the eyes of my children because they're not questioning what I'm saying. They're seeing they're seeing things as they really are without all of this otherworldly stuff coming in and doubting it. So I get to I get to see it through their eyes and honestly that doesn't get me to a super deep place, but it does get me to a place where I get to shed all of this other nonsense, like the 10th station and Jesus being stripped of his garments. Just leave all that other stuff behind and be be present in that way. So mm-hmm. getting to see it through my kids' eyes, I think, yeah. is the so best So you're thing. the teacher's aide in the school of the Eucharist is what we could say here. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Grizzle, in 30 seconds or less, how do you focus yourself? Or what, what's one thing you think our listeners could do to help focus when they so go to the Adoration Chapel? I think that being in the Adoration Chapel is the one moment in my life where I can focus on the present moment. And that's what you were saying that nothing else matters in there. And sometimes I do have to shed all that and say the outside world does not exist right now. I'm just going to be here and I'm just going to talk for a little while and then I'm going to sit and listen because that's what I'm there for. All right. Well, if you'd like a moment to collect your thoughts, we're going to go one more time to Mike Roberts for a check of the weather and then we'll have our daily dose of encouragement. And then Corey, Tim and I will be back to wrap things up and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. O Mary, Mother of God, who amid the tribulations of the world watches over us and over the church of thy Son, be to us and to the church truly our Lady of Prompt Succour. Make haste to help us in all our necessities, that in this fleeting life thou may be our succour. Help us to gain life everlasting, through the merits of Jesus thy Son, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. As with every Friday, we are at the end of our week, and this week we've been talking about the art of restarting on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty, what do you have for us today? Well, today we're going to talk about a strange word, humiliations, and Father Rossini in his book, The Art of Restarting, he calls them the gift of humiliations. And how does that help us start over? Well, this is one of the important means of beginning again. This is moving from the lies we've believed in the past to the truth. And basically it's passing over from our ego to reality. So this is where we have to come to experience the truth that we have to die to ourselves. And sometimes we have humiliations that we deserve. And sometimes we have humiliations that we don't deserve. The ones that we deserve are the ones that really hit us. And it it makes us realize we have to look at our own pride and realize what we've done to contribute to the own mess that we've made. And that's hard to do. And very often what we have to do is we like to say, I just quit. I quit. 
But when you analyze what you've done and you experience the humiliation of, yes, I did this, and we let that hard reality of humiliation, what it does is it's like sandpaper for our ego. And it helps us then to grow in wisdom. And then we have to choose to use this humiliation, maybe the consequences of our bad actions. It might be a little humiliation, but we use it to our benefit so that we don't do it again. And that's how we grow in wisdom. And we grow in humility by learning from it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when we have a humiliation that we maybe don't deserve, that's truly, truly an unjust situation. And Father Rossini says that's when you need to let God take control and realize that God will use it for his purposes and his grace. So we have to start over by using humiliations for growth, trust for wisdom, and recognizing our own faults. So here's what his final suggestion was. He says when we finally let go of our pride, we can move forward. And life will not be as scary when we come to recognize the gift of humiliations. Okay, Patty, now you're really challenging us because every time I've asked the Lord for humility, he has been very generous with humiliation, and I never thought of it as a blessing before today. Thank you so much. It is amazing how the time passes in this fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom, but you are listening to the Roadmap Roundup here on this Friday morning. Uh, I do want to say to all of our listeners who are so devoted that you got up early and you listened to the Sunrise Morning Show before we come on, it was brought to my attention yesterday that I may have caused a little tension with Matt Swaim uh, between me being a Cardinals fan and him being a Reds fan when I spoke with him the other day, uh, that we can be united in our love for the color red. That's, uh, that's what we'll say. We can be united in our love for the color red, just different shades. I prefer a nice, I don't know, Tim, Cardinal, Cardinal red. Cardinal red. red. Yeah. Sure. It's, 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 it's a good shade of red. It is. Um, but speaking of Matt Swain, he's going to be with us on the show Monday morning talking about G.K. Chesterton. So uh, all of our, our best to him. Tim, Corey, I want to thank you for being with us today as we talk about discipline and routine as the school year starts back up. Remember, you are never too old to have a routine and a discipline in your life. I think of my grandmother who up into the day she moved into the rehab facility would get up and go to 8 o'clock mass at St. Francis of Assisi every morning, go out with her breakfast crew and get her breakfast and then come home and read her prayer book and then watch her morning TV and then probably go run an errand or something just to get out of the house and come back and pray her rosary and watch her afternoon TV and then have her dinner at 4.30, which I'm getting to that age that I'm starting to do and I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but she had that routine. And I'll tell you what, being her grandkid over at her house a lot, seeing that routine and how she never wavered in it, it's actually had a profound impact on my life. So uh, don't underestimate the importance of it is all I can say today. You never know the difference it's going to make in your life. You never know the difference it's going to make in the lives of those around you. And uh, I would say this, if you, whether it's sticky notes or reminders on your phone or just a list on the wall, if you commit to it, challenge yourself. Don't put it on the list unless you're going to do it. And if it's on the list, get it accomplished. Whether it's prayer, chores, other activities, building that discipline in all areas of your life is only going to help you with the discipline in prayer 
in your life. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace. Pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Tim, thanks for being with us this morning. As you go back to teach homeschool today, uh, give the kids a little extra recess. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> like that's that's like 80% of our day, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. what education it is, is supposed to be. First mostly. recess, second recess, mm-hmm. third, third recess. recess. And yeah. To everyone out there, it is Friday, so don't forget to uh, abstain from meat today or, or do a little bit of penance uh, or a lot of penance. <laughs> abstain <laughs> from meat. Make it easy on yourself. It's traditional. It's good. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to give it too much thought today. Um, Corey Grizzle, thank you as well for being with us, and I, I wish you all the best. Until the next time here, yes. until the next time, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today. <laughs> <laughs>